Welcome to the We Are Next podcast, advice and insight from all over the advertising industry to help you navigate your career with confidence. I'm Natalie Kim. I'm Thaz Nassimadeen. I'm partner and chief strategy officer and managing director here at Omelette. And thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Natalie, and welcome to episode 49. I'm releasing this episode a day early because of the July 4th holiday, so I hope you're listening to this en route to something fun or relaxing. Before we get to our guest, I wanted to share a text that I got from someone I look up to. It was sent after something that I really wanted for Where Next didn't come through, and it made it so much easier to balance my rational reaction with the sting of disappointment that I felt. So for anyone who didn't get that job you interviewed for, didn't get put on a pitch you were excited about, or just didn't get chosen for something you had your heart set on, hopefully this text that I'm about to paraphrase helps you too. So the text reads, remember, whatever happens is supposed to happen. If you're selected, wonderful. If not, there's a reason why, and we'll just have to wait and see what big things are coming your way. It's truly all good. Just keep your eyes on the bigger goal. You're doing incredible things, and if people acknowledge that now, great. If not, you're still doing incredible things. Win-win. Our guest this week is Thaz Nassimadeen, Partner, Chief Strategy Officer, and Managing Director at Omelette. There are so many things that I love about this interview. Not only does Thaz have really meaty and insightful advice that you can sink your teeth into, but it's also clear the way she talks about her job, omelet, and her career to date that she genuinely loves what she does. There's zero cynicism here, so let's get to it. Enjoy. Thaz, thanks so much for having me here at Omelet. We're in like we're tucked away in this like little editing bay in the office with such an incredible space from the outside. It's it's our weird it's actually called the Glass Pterodactyl. Okay. Um, and it's part of the weird architecture that is the Hayden Tract in Culver City. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like this amazing like glass and steel perched on top of the parking garage and yeah it's always fun giving people directions because i'm like i'm t- on top of a parking garage but don't worry we're actually are legit space so. <laughs> so we first connected well we met in person for the first time at the unreasonable women panel yes. at yeah. anomaly which you were amazing at and but i'd been aware of you before of course and um so i'm really really excited for for this conversation thank you thanks for having me yeah so let's start this conversation by talking about how you got your start in the industry can you you talk about how you found advertising and made your way into your first couple roles. Yeah, um, so advertising was never really on my radar as I was going through kind of life and school. And and honestly, I was not one of those kids that knew exactly what they were going to do when they grew up. Um, and advertising was never part of the consideration set. Uh, but I was I went into school and my undergraduate was in child developmental psychology, uh, which I thought would then translate into a role sort of in that world. Um, but as I graduated and I started my first job as a preschool teacher, I realized that maybe it wasn't quite the place, space for me. So I actually went back um, and got my MBA. Um, so to kind of redirect myself into kind of organizational development, um, which I thought was really interesting because it was kind of a blend of commerce and psychology and kind of understanding how people work. Um, but by the time I got in there, I ended up um, taking on like a graduate assistant role with uh, the marketing department. Um, and there I took on an internship with an ad agency. I had no idea what I was really doing. Um, all I knew was that I started out at the reception desk and 
kind of doing some of that stuff. Um, but then I started to again kind of working with the strategy team. Um, they're like, oh, you know how to do research. You're really good at these kinds of things. Um, and the next thing you knew, uh, I was graduating from college and they offered me a role as a planner. And I'm like, cool, I have a job. <laughs> Nobody has a job out of school. Like all of my, a lot of my, my peers weren't quite kind of settled in their career yet. Yeah. And so I said, this is the thing I'm going to do. We'll figure it out as we go. And, and there I was. So I never really had kind of the formal advertising school training, uh, but I definitely had a bit of the, the business school meets psychology as sort of my background and underpinning for, for strategy, which, which ended up working out pretty well. And I started at a, a fairly small shop. Um, it was about 35 people. It was kind of a brand and design shop. Uh, but I was there for almost four years. And it was really good because a lot of hands-on work, working directly with clients. I was meeting with CMOs sometimes as a very junior strategist. Um, but it was it was a really good experience. But again, I think that's that's was that was sort of my runway into advertising. Uh, and it was a small, it was it was in San Diego, so it was like kind of a small market. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it was really important for me to kind of get out of that and kind of again, expand the horizons. And that's what brought me to Los Angeles. I feel like strategy is one of those roles, like either you, like, you know of it very early on and you're just like, you do, you know, go to VCU, VCU and yep. like do the track and all that stuff. Or like you, it sort of like finds you in mm-hmm. a strange way. And I, I'm always curious about like, yes, the business psycho- meets psychology interest that you had, but is there anything you feel like innately, like in you that makes you like prime to be a strategist? I think it's always been like, ever since I was really little, I've had a lot of interests. So I wasn't like, I was never a terribly focused child. <laughs> I did a lot of things, I think to my parents' chagrin. Um, I was very into kind of music for a long time. And then I kind of transitioned into figure skating. Um, and I was always kind of in, I would get really deep into things, but it was it was kind of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that kind of innate kind of curiosity has really helped fuel my kind of love for strategy and love for kind of digging into different industries, different kind of client situations. Um, so, so I think that's always been sort of in me. And I think the other side of it is is much more on the human side of things, where it's like I think I, I tend to be, at least I hope I am, a fairly empathetic human being. Yeah. And I think that's that I think is a, a trait of strategists that is so innate and so important to how we actually can apply our learnings to our clients' business. Mm-hmm. I felt similar when I started out. I felt like when I found strategy, I was like, this is a role where I would will never get bored because you're constantly having to learn and dive into and be experts on yeah. very like specific and sometimes like niche things, whether it's a certain population or a certain category and stuff like that. Um, so I hear you there. And then the, what you, the second thing you said about the empathy part of it, for me, and I think it was like later in my career, because at the beginning you're kind of like, me, me, me. You know what I mean? You're just like thinking about like, okay, like what, how am I advancing? Like where am I going? What am I doing with my life? I think later I realized that strategy really gave me an opportunity to like not think about myself mm-hmm. and think about people and wonder who they are who are not me. And that's so, it's kind of freeing <laughs> to like be outside of yourself and not not just think about you. Absolutely. I think that's a, I think that's a really really lucky part of what we do is is being able to talk to people who are really different from you and work with people who are really different from yeah. you and be able to again find the good or find what's interesting or insightful about people um, and help that help drive the work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about omelet. 
So Omelette is an independent uh, creative shop here in LA. Uh, it's been around for almost 15 years. So it's in, we've been so many different things. We always talk about like the evolution of Omelette. So we've had several different kind of chapters of our kind of life. When I came into Omelette, I remember hearing they're like, it's a di-, like from word on the street. It yeah. was, it's a digital agency. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. Um, I like the internet. I like digital <laughs> things. I've worked in that space before. Uh, but I got here and it was very, it was really different. It was much more full service. Um, so I think that was it's interesting just to kind of see, again, mid-sized shops sometimes get, you can hear a hundred different things about an agency and not really know what it is. Yeah. Uh, but we are full service. We uh, we have so many. I mean, what I, one of the things I'm really proud of is the diversity of our clients. We work with everything from really kind of fun, interesting entertainment brands um, to technology brands, as well as some really fun, like, old financial services companies too which are really exciting because they again it's like to me it's really inspiring to see like a full gamut of different kinds of clients Mm -hmm. Um, and we have different kinds of relationships so some of them are more AOR shaped some of them are more project shaped Um, and I think that's to me that's sort of the future of our industry Mm -hmm. and um, it's that balance of those two and and I think for us it's been really exciting to see what we become Um, I think the the thing I'm most proud of at Omelette is is our people I think our people are really special here. I, I know every agency will probably say that, but because <laughs> it's really easy to say that. But we have a really interesting kind of swath of human beings here. Um, everything from you know our folks who are working in the entertainment industry to people who have like kind of grown up in the industry, like myself. Um, we had one of our creative directors. His movie last weekend was one of the top-grossing films in America, wow. which is amazing. He's a director, um, which is and, and again, it's just these different kinds of energies that come together. Yeah. Um, but because we're the shape that we are, about 50 to 60-ish people, um, it's really nice because we really do feel like a family. Like, everybody knows each other. Uh, we're, we're a close group, and we really care about one another. I think that's, at the end of the day, the thing that, that matters. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that with small to mid-sized shop, shops, like the, it, the culture is so much more apparent because it's, you know, every hiring decision is like a huge decision because you're trying to not necessarily like keep people out, but you want to like protect what made makes and made omelet so special while still like obviously bringing in new ideas and stuff like that and people who can like add to it. And yeah. And that's been a big thing in the last year is figuring out like what that mix of people is. And I think we're, we've done a really nice job of kind of bringing the mix together Mm -hmm. and, and we're always evolving and changing what that mix is. But there, there is like certain innate qualities of everybody at omelet. I think again, I've, I haven't worked at a place where you have like the quality of human beings that we do. Um, and that's really important to how we work as well because we're we're a highly collaborative model so again you're part of it is just your size and then part of it is philosophy um we're very collaborative with each other we're very collaborative with clients um so it's it's very important to have the right kind of personality mix um Mm -hmm. we're 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 recruiting for folks yeah so it might be a little more obvious to people what a chief strategy officer does, yeah. but um, can you maybe talk about the managing managing director part side of your role? Yeah. So this was an interesting new addition last year. <laughs> it, it's exciting because I, for me, 
Um, again, I never really aspired, and this is a weird thing to say, but I never really aspired to be like a CSO per se. Sure. Um, I really enjoy what I do. I am fairly proficient at what I do. Uh, but I think that it's really, it's it's interesting because it becomes a much more managerial role mm-hmm. at some stage. Yeah. Um, but again, because of our size, I still write assignment briefs. People yeah. will attest to that here. Um, and, you know, things happen. Uh, but, but it's really nice to be able to kind of move into a role where I'm not just thinking about the strategy for our clients, but the strategy for our business. Um, so that's very much part of the managing director side of the role. Um, I also oversee more human beings, so it's 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 nice to be able to help again guide and shape what our business development looks like, guide and shape kind of what our kind of development programs or training and development programs are internally, and and a lot of that side of the business as well, which I hadn't always had the opportunity to use. And I think for me, being able to actually use an MBA is actually kind of exciting. <laughs> as I got this thing years You're like, ago, finally. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should do something with it. And I think that this role has really helped with that. And you know, I also am thinking about corporate development and like again how we change and evolve based on the needs that are changing in our industry. So so that's a big part of what I've been doing with the, the managing director role. And it is it is unusual. And that's what I also I love about Omelette is like there's all these kind of odd shaped roles that can happen and they kind of morph into what you do. It's like, oh, well, this is kind of what you do. So go yeah. try that. Yeah. <laughs> when I was managing younger strategists um, back in New York, it was always interesting to me to think about the progression of strategists where at a certain point, yes, you're like a junior strategist, you're mm-hmm. a strategist, senior, whatever, and you're growing your strategy skills. At one, And then at some point, like you said, there's a managerial aspect that comes into play, whether you're just managing like a couple interns or you mm-hmm. you know level up to where you are, where you're thinking about more of the agency at large. And I guess this is not a specific to strategy, but this idea of like some, do some people just want to do the work and do, or is it the natural track, especially like something for strategy and like certainly something for like account management, mm-hmm. where at a certain point it's like, that is how you have to grow because that's what's needed. It's. You know I, mean? I think it's one of the most. I actually think this is the, one of the biggest conversations right now in talent development in our industry that no one talks about, mm-hmm. um, because the the same thing happens in creative as well as strategy, yeah. where you can be really really good at what you do, but it's not necessarily. But being a manager is a different skill set, yeah. um, and some people don't want to kind of work that muscle, or it's not natural to their inclination. It's not a natural inclination. Right. Um, but I think that you know, right now the way the agent, the agency world is shaped, we force it mm-hmm. um, because we say if you want to progress, you're going to have to manage folks, and that's not something that we can really do in an effective way. Mm-hmm. If we are again, if if that's not someone's natural inclination, like you see it a lot, and like particularly things that are really specialized, like design right. or analytics, where it's like you you get really really deep and rich knowledge of something, um, but managing folks maybe just isn't part of that skill set that you're developing Uh, but again we we sometimes force the case because we're like that's the way it's supposed to be so I do think that's something that we all have to look at as an industry moving forward because Mm -hmm. you're going to have a great population of really really talented people that maybe just don't have the the management side in them Um, and I think that's okay I think that because we don't want to lose those folks either because Mm -hmm. I think we are losing them right now particularly to the Facebooks and the Googles of the world 
who are willing to take that kind of talent on right. uh, without having to give them the kind of weight of management. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And like on the flip side, the people who like do really want to like manage and mentor and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like giving them maybe the opportunity like earlier. I, th- yeah. I am like such a firm believer that people even like pretty early on in their career have so much to like teach people yeah. coming in, like interns and students and stuff. So maybe it's tapping into that earlier and taking some of the weight off of the people who are more inclined to just, you know, do the work and focus on that. Particularly in our industry, because what we do, you don't find in textbooks. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm like, that's where I always find it fascinating. I'm like, how can you learn how to do this in school? Like so much of it's hands on. And that's where I think you're, you're totally right that it's like, it's bringing up the new generation um, through kind of learning and kind of sharing of what you're sharing of your knowledge. No matter, and I would say that a lot of my junior strategists probably have a better perspective of what it needs, what what you need to learn yeah. than I do right. when it comes to an intern coming on board. Because I actually probably give less relevant information right. than than one of our junior strategists do. So we we're really uh, we're big proponents of that here. So shifting a little bit, you've worked at several agencies over the course of your career, um, BBH, Deutsch, uh, TBWA, Shiat. What drives some of the decisions that you've made in your career? How do you decide when it's time to go and, and where? Yeah, it's this is like one of those, it's always the fun interview question as well. They're like, <laughs> yeah. how have you been to so many places? Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, for me, it's something that I, I own and I'm actually really proud of because I think the number of agencies that I've been through and the kinds of teams I've worked with have been really, have been a part of kind of shaping what my point of view is. Yeah. Um, but I do think for me, I make a lot of my decisions based on my gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are just moments where you know, and whether you know, that it's you know time to time to leave or if you know it's time if it's, it's the kind of opportunity that doesn't come up every day right. um, for example with BBH uh, they were just they were still brand new in LA mm-hmm. um, they were nine or nine people strong so I was employee number 10 um, and it was just one of those experiences that you can't say no to mm-hmm. um, that they have an incredibly kind of inspiring chief creative officer who um, helped bring me on there and the opportunity to work with somebody like that so closely in in a start startup environment was an was an experience that I'd never be able to get again so I'm like this is absolutely the decision I'm going to make but I think that you know again I think back to my very first kind of big agency job which was at Shia Day which was incredible it was so hard because I had come from a small (laughs) shop and I all of a sudden was in a 550 person agency it was so overwhelming but I learned so much in a year Uh, but I think by the end of that year I was you know I was working on a really intense account and I think it was it was a lot and I knew I knew where I learned where my edges were and I think that's an important thing that strategists have to kind of come to terms Mm -hmm. with is like figuring out what your edge is um, and then you know again never pushing yourself as far as you can possibly go but not going overboard so um, for me that was the that was the Shiat experience and it was it was incredible I mean it was so so rich Mm -hmm. um, but it was a lot so I think that's where again young strategists have to kind of think through like what is your gut telling you like and and to listen to it it's 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 there for a reason Mm -hmm. the little voice is there for a reason (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I feel like people when they're starting out they are they feel all this pressure to like find the right place Mm -hmm. and of course you want to set yourself up to be in a place where you're supported and all those good Mm -hmm. things that we encourage people to think about as they start their first job 
But I think reframing what your first job is, like it might not be the place that you spend obviously your whole career, much less maybe more than a couple of years.、Yeah. And knowing that that's, I think in this day and age, that's really okay. Like I think back in the day, it was like, no, you go to a place and you、mm-hmm. <laughs> like are loyal to that place for a lot of your career, and that's what people's career trajectories look like. But I think today, I mean, like you said, there's so much value in finding. What your edges are, and the, and the right fit, and the place where you can do your best work, and that can shape you in the right way, and ma- that might mean like a few agencies. And and I think it's and and I always when I interview people because this is my own experience. Yeah. When I talk to to folks coming in, I always ask the question around what do you want to take with you when you leave, because that's a really important thing to any hiring anyone who's hiring you、right. to understand what kind of experience you need to get out of this.、Right. Um, and I and I think that you know more than more and more you know people get kind of uncomfortable about that. They're like, wait, I'm just trying to get this job. I'm not trying to leave. <laughs> But it is really important to kind of have a clear understanding. Of like when you are going out and talking to people, what do you want to get out of this role? And、yeah. and if you're clear with your intention with the with the folks that are hiring you, it's much much easier to get that kind of rich experience because、mm-hmm. everyone then has a goal. You're like like I said, any good strategist would say you can't do a project without a proper objective. So、yeah. if you don't have an objective for your career,、yeah. um, it makes it a lot. You can wander really easily. I think that's the one thing that I'm I'm happy that. The way that I've kind of dealt with my things, I've always had kind of goals when、yeah. I go into places,、um, and whether or not I reach those is you know you know kind of up to the stars. But、right. you know what you know what you need going in, and I think that's incredibly important. Yeah, it gives you a way to assess like how things are going、yeah. outside of like the emotional like day to day of like oh my god I'm so frustrated or like I'm doing awesome. And- oh yeah, and I'm like I'm such a anyone who's worked with me, I'm an emotional entity. <laughs> so it's like the highs are high and the lows are it's it because you you feel like this is the kind of role that you feel. A、yeah. lot,、um, and so much of it does get guided by emotion, and you need to learn how to kind of factor some of those things out. Like, am I still getting? Am I still learning things? Yeah, I'm really frustrated. I feel a lot of things, but I'm still learning something. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's the fun part of the fun part of like transitions today. I think it's really different too. Yeah. Like I stayed at my first、um, spot for probably a year longer than I should have. Yeah.、Uh, now that I look back on it, but it was but it was what I needed to do,、mm-hmm. and I think it gave me a really firm grounding. I would say early on in careers, I think it is important. To to try to stick it out for for a little bit longer、yeah. because you don't have the you don't have the the guide yet you don't、mm. really know you don't know what you need to know yet、right. so you kind of need to sit in one place for just a minute just to make sure you're learning something and then take those skills and move on to the next thing if it's not right totally totally you mentioned earlier you know hearing about omelet as a digital shop came <laughs> in it's a little more full service I'd love to know in terms of output.、Mm-hmm. What does the work of a strategist today look like? Whether that's obviously here at Omelet or more broadly in the industry. I think what's really what's really exciting about some of the stuff we're doing at Omelet is we're doing a lot of like fairly upstream strategy projects. So it's it's all brand. I feel like the last. Six months of my life have been very much focused on brand positioning and repositionings.、Mm-hmm. So whether it's you know brand new to world brands or brands that have been around for a really long time, it's really it's a it's a really interesting opportunity for a strategist. I think this is the meatiest thing you can do <laughs> when you're actually shaping what a brand means.、Yeah. Um, that is the core of what we you know and again in the best in the best setting. What we can really do well,、um, and then being able to take that stuff and use it to help craft work that actually helps 
fulfill what this new positioning is. Um, so that's a lot of work that we're doing right now. I think that's going to continue moving forward. Um, I think that it's it's interesting because I've worked on brand positionings almost my whole career, mm-hmm. but a lot of that kind of they always used to be like, oh, it's a very traditional strategy model. I'm like, yeah, but it's like it, it but my inputs now for the way that I understand what a brand strategy is very different from what it was a decade ago. Um, We're using things like we're using insights that are coming from behavioral research, things that are happening online. All of those things are inputs now to brand strategy. It's not just, it's not just focus group research that's, that's actually helped shaping this. So I think there's a, there's an intro, there's an interesting perceptual shift with that because I think people still see like, Oh, it's very traditional brand strategy. I'm like, it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. Um, this is the core of, again, how can we help imagine what a brand can do in the world? Not only what they are today, but what they can do in the future. And I think that's the other side of what's exciting for me as a strategist is getting into some more of the innovation strategy space, which is we, we have a couple of clients that we're actually, we just focus on innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is a really fruitful space for strategists to be in. And, and I think it is easy to default into, like, I'm going to make ads. Yeah. Like, and ads are great. I love ads. Yeah. We make a lot of them. I sit in a lot of creative reviews. Right. But it is not, it's like, that's not the old, that's not the sole job of a strategist. Like, yes, we're going to help create and sp- create and construct kind of inspiring briefs but for those ads but at the end of the day we can be responsible for so much more than that and I think that's the exciting part of getting into strategy today I'm so interested to see too as I mean we talk about it so much in the industry now it's almost like broken record but the fact that like more clients are taking stuff in-house or going directly mm-hmm. to people who can like make the stuff like production companies or even media companies at this point and looking at agencies trying to find ways to add value in different ways so that they can stay in business yeah. and this industry can sustain and what that will really mean for these roles, strategy, creative, etc. cetera. Um, and I agree with you. I see so many more, um, when I talk with strategists and, and agencies in general, they're getting, and sometimes it doesn't even start there where maybe it'll like start with a brief for like a thing and the agency is like, you know what, actually like maybe we should like think a little bit like you know, establish the brand or reestablish the brand in a certain way before we actually execute. Because if, you know, you do this work without doing that work, you know, it's mm-hmm. not going to count for anything. And, and being able, like you said, to be a little bit more upstream. And then on the other hand, I see it's like that split between like that upstream brand planning, mm-hmm. but new inputs, like you said, and then also like the very like executional, yeah. like social content strategy, like UX to a certain extent, like data, like really taking off as well. So it's almost like this like U shape where like, it really is because like that's where again I, I think of our balance of all of the kind of ups upfront kind of strat- strategic work yeah. we are seeing a ton more work in like the comm strategy world yeah. as well because it's like now great you have an idea but how does it live in the world right. and I think that's where and how does it live in the world in a meaningful way mm-hmm. um, because it's so easy to kind of again live in a wasteful media space yeah. so it's like how are we really smart about what we do mm-hmm mm-hmm so I wanted to get really specific for this next question. I wanted to talk about insights, which yeah. is something that obviously in strategy we deal a lot in, but I think explaining how to get to an insight to someone who's just starting out is really tricky. So can you break down 
how you get to your best insights. And I think this is a really interesting question. I think a few people have asked me this in the past. And I think one thing that everyone needs to be really like, I think one thing that we have to be careful of is getting formulaic with how you get to an mm-hmm. insight because it really, I wish it was, it'd make our life so much easier <laughs> if it was one plus one is two, right. but it's like, we all know one plus one is five right. when it comes to an insight. Um, and I think that the other thing that kind of, it, it, because it is the balance of the art, which is the thing that inspires creativity, right. and the science, which is the grounding um, and the why, and and that's I think a lot of the time when I know as a you know again as a more senior strategy strategist, um, what I see a lot of folks talk about is or, or a lot of more junior people talk about is the observation. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a really it's a it's the foundation of the science. Right. So it's the grounding part, but it's just an observation. Um, until we add that layer of the art, mm-hmm. which is the thing that can actually inspire creativity, which requires the twist in thinking. So it's like, yes, that is true. Like yeah. I will hear it and I'm like, yes, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> but why is that? Why is that going to not only inspire you know our creatives, but inspire us as a brand? Yeah. Like what's gonna? What in that is gonna turn your thinking? I think uh, what I often suggest to folks is like. A lot of people try to chase the one thing, mm. and I don't believe there is just one insight. Yeah. Um, I think you have to sometimes chase a few things. Mm. Um, you go down the path of a few things, and then you talk to people. I think that's the other thing that strategists sometimes get a little bit mirrored in the, the world of, I'm going to lock myself in a room, I'm going to write this profound brief, and it's yeah. going, and I'm going to come out and everyone's going to love it. Yeah. And then you get really sad when people aren't into right. it. But for, for us, what I encourage our strategists to do, it's what I still do, is as I'm formulating kind of some thesis, like I, I essentially am forming a thesis around yeah. like these are some different areas that we can explore um, that are interesting. I work with my creative team. I work with a strategy partner and just really start to bounce around what those ideas could be mm-hmm. because I think that sometimes our creatives can really help us build strategies and yeah. help build our insights because I think that, again, it's gone are the days are that it's like you have to bring the creative the insight I think what we have to do now is we are there to help unearth the thing find find the grounding but sometimes we need help getting it to be creatively creatively inspiring Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that collaborate that's where collaboration becomes so so important and Mm -hmm. I think that's where you get it get to some of the best insights is when you've actually cracked it with someone Mm -hmm. I love that because it's sort of, again, it's sort of freeing for strategists to not have to feel like, okay, I have to be the one to bring this like beautiful thing on a platter that everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, Eureka. You know well, and, I mean? it, and it's interesting because after you've spent a bunch of time doing this, you realize that there are, you see the world through like the lens of maybe like 15 insights that you've heard many times before, right, slightly sure. different iterations of sure. it, but there are about 15 of them. And, <laughs> and you, you start to think about it and I'm, I'm being a bit like I'm being a bit flippant with that but it is but it's all about how you frame it which is where like that is what can be creatively interesting about it is it because the the reality in a world where we are fueled by the internet novelty is really difficult and I think when you put the pressure on yourself to have the most novel insight ever um, you're probably not going to find it because you're just you, you're, you're not, again, getting the proper grounding in, in what we need to do. What does right. this piece of communication, what does this brand need to do and mean in the world? And then let's layer on mm-hmm. how we can make this creatively inspiring and interesting and mm-hmm. work with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love 
the idea that strategy doesn't have to be like so isolating as well and like you're not in like a small room like no. buried in research no and stuff. that's another thing I'm, I'm proud of omelet in the way that we kind of even are set up physically like yeah. everybody's integrated so strategists are sitting with creatives and account brand folks so everyone sort of sits together yeah um and it makes for a much easier conversation we just have to kind of swivel your chair around and yeah, talk to people yeah. then kind of like go to a different floor and, and do things like right. that so right so my next question is sort of related to that and I wanted to ask based on your own experience Mm -hmm. how junior strategists can be the best partners to not only creatives but also account managers the broader agency team because one thing and not to butter your bread but on your LinkedIn you have one of the most glowing recommendation sections (laughs) I have ever seen in terms of I mean not just the work that you do but the way that you do you approach your work and the way that you work with others I mean everyone says you're so warm and you know you're always smiling and positive and stuff like that and that's you know obviously like how you approach your work but anyways going back to the question I'd love some advice for junior strategists on how to basically be the best partners I think that it it has to be genuine is the first thing I think is being genuine to yourself and to your peers is really important um and, and that, again, for me, it expresses itself in lots of smiles and <laughs> weird jokes. Uh, but I think that, you know, again, you, you kind of, you as a strategist, I feel like we have a really unique ability to be kind of the glue that holds things together. Um, so whether it's, it, even with like, it goes, of course, to like kind of your account creative brand folks, but you also have like production friends as well. Like yeah. you can help be the glue because you do have a very deep understanding of a brand. Like in in the best case scenario, you you hold, not that you have to hold it by yourself, but you do hold a, a quite a bit of knowledge about how the brand works, yeah. what what the triggers are, and using that to help help others. Like that's and genuinely help others without. It doesn't even have to be a part of the brief. It doesn't have to be a part of a strategy that you're writing. But it's about like, oh, I, that's a really interesting piece of work you're doing do you want me to help you kind of think through some of that? And like, again, offering up your perspective and your point of view is really refreshing to folks. And I always encourage junior strategists to do that and get as involved as you can. And and I think we're getting to a point in our evolution as an industry mm-hmm. that we have people that are much more open at junior levels. Um, I remember, you know, it used to be kind of like the, like the creatives don't want to talk to the strategists right now. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> But I kind I I look at our groups right now and it, I just don't see that anymore, um, which is really refreshing and I think that's really good. But and I think you have to you have to earn your you have to earn your space just like anyone else does. Right. Um, I never go into a room thinking that you know everybody's just going to respect me and respect all my ideas because I'm smart. Uh, because because <laughs> reality like you you have to prove yourself and that's part of that's part of agency life. Yeah. Um, and I think it's you know being humble enough to know that you're not the smartest person in the room is really really important for strategists because I think there's there's always been that bit of a stigma with us where it's like you're the smart one yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's like we all are everyone in this agency should be strategic yeah. everyone in this agency should be creative we all have our our disciplines that we are responsible for but that is critical in in understanding that it's not just one person's job to be smart everyone here is smart <laughs> yeah well balancing the you know need to be humble as a strategist going in especially at the junior level and understanding mm-hmm. that you might not have all the answers nor you're expected to have all the answers one question that I get a ton from junior talent especially strategists I think is how to not just push back but be 
more authoritative mm-hmm. in the presence of more senior team members when you're just starting out. Because obviously as a strategist, you're trying to form your POV yeah. and share it. That's like part of your job and why you're brought yeah. on. But I think it can be not only intimidating, but you just don't feel like you have that presence or authority or experience yet. Do you have any specific advice on that? I think one thing that's really helpful with that is taking it out of group settings. Because mm. I do think that a lot of the time when you see some of those tensions happen, it's because, and, and again, the, they can be with the nicest group of people too. It's yeah. just, it's human nature to, to start to kind of, again, want to exert authority or just kind of be that, be a little bit more combative in a room. Um, I always suggest that if you have strategic thoughts, if you have things that you want to somebody who's a, who's a bit more senior, who, who maybe you know kind of veers on that side, yeah. is taking it offline and doing one-on-ones and doing like, hey, can, can we chat for five minutes versus making a big deal of it mm-hmm. and kind of waiting for that moment in the room to have that conversation. Because if you can talk with that person, A, the person probably has a really good point of view too. Yeah. I could probably help you shape your thinking into mm-hmm. something that's not only not only better but more palatable for a wider group of people so i feel like that kind of smaller interaction can really help that and i think people are all it's you will be very hard pressed to find somebody who would say no to something like that because it's clearly something that you're trying to you're you're making an effort to be better you're making an effort to try to help the work versus again just waiting until that uncomfortable moment in the room where you say that's wrong and they say no that's right and I'm more senior than you Um, so so I I would always say just to diffuse the best you can in in again smaller settings I love that I was as you were talking I was thinking about like specific examples like people that I could like abuse that on um like starting out I'm like yeah that would have been like a really good move having had that back in the day All right, so let's wrap up. We always end with the best piece of advice that you've ever been given, whether it's about advertising specifically or just life in general. One of my really good friends, and I also consider her a mentor, Heidi Hackamer, um, she always says nothing to do but do it. Um, And I think that that's that's something that's always stuck with me, even even in a tough day that I had like last week or three weeks ago. Um, Because at the end of the day, like, you've got to keep going you've got to keep going you've got to and and you put the ego aside you put the and if you have to if i have to write an assignment brief i have to write an assignment like it has to nothing to do but do it just just get it done and and love what you're doing like there's we're in a really lucky like i i feel like i'm one of the luckiest people in the world to do what i do because i get to have fun doing a job that is helping brands shape their future Mm -hmm. like that's uh that's there's not a lot of people and i didn't know this career existed (laughs) um i feel really lucky to be able to kind of be a part of that so so yeah i think that's really good perspective to keep in mind especially for the frustrating days i always tell people when they're just starting out you have to have like a answer to the question like why do you work in advertising or why do you want to work in advertising Mm -hmm. and to me when i started i was very much just like interest-based i'm like it you know, it seems really fun and creative and like I'm into culture, mm-hmm. like that seems like the thing for me. But I think it wasn't enough. It wasn't like a deep enough why for me, at least later on in my mm-hmm. career where I started to face some like real challenges, yeah. like whether yeah. it was with clients or just, you know, day-to-day interactions and stuff like that. And you need something to look back and be like, oh yeah, that is why to get you through those times where you're just like pulling your hair out. And <laughs> there are a lot of those days. <laughs> there are a lot of those days, but it's, it, it all nets. I always say it like nets out in a positive space. So Well, Thaz, thank you so much for taking the time. This was such a fruitful conversation. I feel like we were able to touch a lot of different things. 
Where can people keep up with you? Um, so you can always find me on LinkedIn. And my name is unusual enough that it's pretty easy to find. There's not a lot of me running around in the world. Yeah. Um, and you can actually follow uh, Omelette on Instagram. We have kind of a fun. I'm very proud of what we've been doing over there. So, um, yeah, find cool. us there. Yeah, and I'll include all the links so people can check it out directly. Awesome. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. This was so fun. A huge thank you to Thaz for one of my favorite conversations to date. And I'm not joking about her LinkedIn recommendations. Check them out. They're glowing (laughs) and connect with her there. Advice is so much better shared. Leave us a review on iTunes or share the podcast with a friend. And while you're at it, sign up for our weekly email. It's a small dose of advice and insight delivered Mondays. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. You're doing incredible things. Happy 4th of July. I'm Natalie. And until next time, you got this.